You are now listening to the Purpose Edits Podcast. You've got to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to have the ability to self-assess, and not everybody has the ability to self-assess. You don't necessarily have to like sweet to be successful in school. You just have to know how to play the game and finesse it and get through it. Welcome to the Perfect Settings Podcast. This is a short yet powerful conversation designed to help you do three things that can ultimately change the trajectory of your life. One, discover your purpose. Two, walk in your purpose. And three, ultimately fulfill your purpose. I am your host, Coach Vic, and I'm joined as always by my lifelong friend, my brother, the educator, Dr. Shane Calhoun. What up, Shane? What up, homie? How you doing today? What's up, big dog? Cooling, man. How are you? Man, it's a good day. It's a good day. We uh we got up early this morning. Something something I have not done. And for all the dog owners out there, forgive me. I got up this morning early to take my dog to the dog park, me and a neighbor, so that the dog, my dog, could get some dog association and friends. Cause he don't. He's just a he's a he's an only child. We don't take him anywhere. He's not used to riding in a car. And we go to dog parks. We've gone a couple of times, but the reason we haven't gone more is because he don't like to play. He don't he don't chase nothing. We throw a ball. He look at the ball and just veers off and goes and does his own thing. Like, I'm not going to get that. You go get that. <laughs> but today we took him. There were other dogs, the neighbor's dogs. He's familiar with them somewhat. And he got to run around and play. Now he's somewhere asleep. I said, I need to do this more often. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm not really into dogs. Um, the only thing I was going to ask was he out there chasing the gals. Yes, absolutely. That's my, my, my kind neighbor, of dog. My neighbor has two. <laughs> oh, now, mind yeah. you, he's the, he has a big dog, a golden doodle. So it's a yeah. medium-sized dog, but it's a pretty big dog. And then uh-huh. they have this uh, labradoodle or some smaller dog. That dog is smaller than my dog. So okay. my dog, of course wants to play and chase that dog. But there the big go. dog that want to play with him, he don't want man part. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> You're doing too much, girl. You're doing too much. <laughs> that's how that's how he was acting. Girl, girl, chill out. You chill take out, it easy. Girl. As they say in Alabama, girl. <laughs> girl, yeah. Yeah, he was, he was all about the little one. Hey, 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 look, hey, little mama. But that big one come around, he whoa, whoa, hey, you got a lot of energy. Hey, take take me down what blew your mind uh, this week. I'm curious, especially with today's topic, how it might fit in. Um, I guess I was, uh, right before we came on, I was listening to uh, some analysis on Russell Westbrook. And I guess the narrative around him is that he's a great player, but... He doesn't have a championship and it just, um, so first, uh, Shaquille O'Neal was knocking him, not not knocking him. Shaquille O'Neal was just talking about it and brought up the fact that he didn't have the championship. And then, you know, Stephen A. Smith went in a little bit harder and Russell Wilson came in and he was like, listen, guys, I don't care nothing about no championship. If I was to win one, it'd be great. I'd be fine. But a championship doesn't define who I am and the work that I do. He said, the fact that I made it to the league and I'm, I'm from the streets, the fact that I made it to the league, I'm a champion. And at first, when I, when I first heard the conversation, I was like, yeah, 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 man, you got to get this championship, man. If you don't get this championship, you on the first floor. But then when I heard him talk about it, it kind of 
changed my mind in the sense of like, why do we always conform to people's expectations of who we are and what we should be and what we should be doing? And then I'm now that I'm talking through it, I'm thinking like, what's the middle ground? Because I'm, I'm sure he wants to win a championship, but in the same vein, a championship doesn't define him. So it's just an interesting, um, it's just an interesting dichotomy, I believe, managing all of those stress and pressures. Like, you know, imagine being an artist and you never had a, a platinum record. You know, does that mm -hmm. make you less quality of an artist? Or imagine being a sales and you never had no big milestones selling something. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's an interesting thought. What, what do you think? I think the, the, it is absolutely something that happens uh, to all of us in whatever our respective fields are. We, we get into a space and the competitor in us and our desire to create and, and to excel pushes us to compare ourselves to those who are ahead of us, those who are at the top, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that's fine. Competition breeds success. It might even push you to create some of your best work as you're working to catch up, right? Mm -hmm. I think when you reach a certain point or even as you're climbing, the middle ground and the perspective and understanding that you have to have must be centered around what do you value as success? Where, where do you for yourself define success? Because you can't live up to the world's standards. You will never meet them. You can't allow the world to dictate and define who you are because then when they, when you allow the world to dictate and define who you are, you in essence allow them to define your value. Yeah. They tell you your number that you get to charge. Yeah. But if you hold true to your values and your beliefs, who you are at your core, then you get to determine your number. Mm, that's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You know, and that's, that's today. I, I, I shot this topic to you, this idea of penalty free moves. Yeah. I read it and I didn't get it. So I was like, all right, cool. Let's do it. It's going to make sense here in a bit. Right. So, Penalty-free moves. When I think about this term, it came to me because I was listening to the podcast with uh, Brandon Marshall, Ocho Cinco, Fred Taylor, and I believe it's Canard. Uh, is it Canard Lane? I, I forget who the fourth guy is. I gotta, I'll catch his name and uh, make sure I correct it. But nonetheless, it's a good podcast. And they talk about a bunch of different topics, especially centered around uh, NFL players and what's mm -hmm. going on in the Cam league. Cam Newton was on there recently. He was on there. Um, it was a good conversation. Uh, Andre Johnson was on there recently as well. So the chat, you know, has veered away from football and is soccer. Now, he yeah. was always a soccer guy, right? He loves yeah, yeah. soccer. So is he playing um, professionally? I think overseas. I think okay. he is. So okay. the idea popped in my head, penalty, penalty kick, right? Yeah. Penalty free moves. I looked up the term penalty kick. There's a couple of things in it that stood out to me. I'm going to read the definition. The definition of a penalty kick is a method of restarting play in which a player is allowed to take a single shot on the goal while it's defended only by the opposing team's goalkeeper. It is awarded when a foul punishable by a direct free kick is committed by a player in their own penalty area, right? So then there were a couple words in that that stood out to me. Restart play, mm -hmm. 
single shot at the goal, mm-hmm. defended only by one, and you get it after a foul. Mm. So my mind went to thinking about us as people. How do we move when we get a penalty-free move? Mm. When the penalty is gone. I'm going to ask you three questions. Three okay. questions. Same question, but I'm going to change them up just a little bit. And I'm curious your reaction. I want you to answer them after each question. All right. How would your decisions change if there was no consequence at the end? I want you to answer that. I'd be more reckless. How would your decisions change if there was no consequence at the end? I'd be more reckless. You'd be more reckless? Oh, yeah. Why? If there's no consequence? Mm Mm-hmm. No consequence? Mm Mm-hmm. So you mean to tell me I go shoot somebody in the foot? No consequence? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll be more reckless. All right. Next question. How would your decisions change if there was no outcome at the end? I'd probably be less motivated. Why is that? No outcome. Like, what am I doing this for? Okay. Like, we're just, just we're, if there's no outcome, which is kind of weird to think about, that means we're just frivolously doing activities. Like, who wants to do that? Okay. Last question. How would your decisions change if there was no result at the end? What's the difference between the result and the outcome? Great question. What's the difference between all three words? Consequence, result, and outcome. Damn, you got me. Let me <laughs> let me define them. I'm gonna define them, right? This this is what hit me. This was so so interesting, right? Yeah. Definition of consequence. A conclusion as the result of action or condition. As a result of action, okay. Define outcome. The way a thing turns out, a consequence. <sighs> Define result. A consequence, effect, or outcome of something. The words are synonyms. They all mean the same, but for some reason, when we hear consequence, we... Basically, uh, penalty-free moves. Think about somebody the decisions in a foot. you make. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> the same word they're synonyms but for some reason and this is what where where it took me penalty free moves thinking about our decision making what we we have programmed ourselves to associate our decisions with negative results outcomes and consequences. consequences negative connotations yeah when if we were to or able to reprogram our decisions to be associated with positive outcomes and results right we think about it in a positive way yeah how would our decision making change like towards our goals and dreams yeah wow that's good um that's really good and i think it just goes back to kind of like a perception of how you view things do you always go to that glass half empty and you don't do things because you don't want this to happen or do you go to the glass half fill? I do this because I want this to happen. Two different ways of moving. Wow. I done shot somebody in the foot, bro. I, can't, I keep going you back to that. You shot somebody in the foot. Now, <laughs> there are certain outcomes and consequences and results that you need to be aware of that are associated with your decisions. But at the same time, a lot of times, we are afraid to take a step towards pursuing our goals. This is where fear comes in. Yeah. Because we automatically go to the negative consequences and outcomes that could happen if I started a business and it don't work. If 
I decided to work out and change the way that I, I take care of my health and I don't lose the weight. Like, yeah. How can a person reprogram their way of thinking so that they don't immediately associate consequences, results, and outcomes with negativity? Yeah, that's that's tough. That's mind blown, bro. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna throw it back to you. What are your thoughts? Well, I, you know, in going to the dog park this morning, I went with my neighbor and we were talking, and we were just talking about, you know, what we're doing with our lives, and we we're talking about, you know, possibly buying homes in the future and investments. You know, we're having that conversation and the topic of paying off debt came up and he and his wife are uh, of the mindset. They want to pay down their credit card debt to be under 40%, which is what you should do. Yeah. So that your debt to income ratio is better when your credit is being analyzed. Yeah. We have taken the Dave Ramsey effect to pay it off, pay it down to a zero balance. Yeah. I posed to him the question that Casey posed to us. Shout out to Casey. If you haven't uh, listened to the episode, uh, if you can't pay cash for it, you can't afford it, you need to go back and listen. Casey posed the question to us. How could your life be different if you had zero debt? Yeah. Right? What could you do with your money if you had zero debt? And I posed that question to him and his immediate response was, I'd have freedom. Mm. I'd have freedom. And that led us down the rabbit hole of think about your investments that you want to make. You want to buy property, but you're worried about if this property don't turn the profit that you need or it ends up costing you more behind you. You're thinking about the consequences, the results, the outcomes that could happen. Yeah. You're thinking if I can't afford it with my already revolving expenses, what could be the negative consequence that could happen? And so the question is, what if you didn't have that? What if you had zero debt? How would you change your approach in investing and buying property and starting a business? Yeah, I think you would have more money, but that 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 um, you'd have more liquid money liquid in front of you. But that fear of losing and turning the profit may still be there. But the consequences of the loss is not as big because then that becomes the debt. So gotcha. How does that change your forward decision? Oh, because you know that, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's less, it's less quote unquote consequence. It's less risky. Yeah, less will. risky. It changes the risk level. It does. Mm. It changes the risk level, which then changes your mindset, which then changes how strategic you could possibly be in the decisions that you make. Think about the freedom of decision making. That's yeah. something we don't talk about. Yeah, and consequence is a crutch to that freedom. It it, it, it hinders it. it. It hinders the freedom. Ah, wow, that's good. Handcuffing it, suffocate it. But you know, but the consequences. Isn't it possible that let's say um, you start this business, right? Or in that same example you used, the consequence of the debt or whatever. But there's also consequences in the sense of if I don't start this death or if I did start this death, now we're talking about generational wealth and leaving something back for my family. So how does that, why, why is that not a bigger influencer 
for some of us when it when it's time to uh, make moves and make decisions? I think it comes down to the generational habits that you have taken on. Um, me and the neighbor, again, we were talking about that. That question kind of came up and he's like, well, nobody taught us nope. how to pass down a portfolio of stocks. Nope. Nobody taught us how to attain property and keep it in the family to pass down and teach you how to be a property manager. And so I think that it comes from some generational bad habits as to why people don't think like that or operate like that within their decisions. I think we don't think about what if I don't set my kids up for success in this manner? Mm. We have, and I've said this before, we have as a society this tendency to say, you need to go through the growing pains as a rite of passage. Which, you know what, as you were talking, it led me to think that our society culture, whatever you want to call it, is that rite of passage, like you said, we're more apt to give our child to hand down the the real estate, the portfolio, as opposed to teach, as opposed to teaching our child how to go out and build it. So we don't show them the steps of how we got there, but we show them this is how we got there here. We just give them the reward. We just give them the reward. Wow. And that does something to the psyche, that does something to future decisions. I was having a conversation with one of my mentees and he, he may listen to this episode. I'm not going to mention his name, but I was challenging him because he and I hadn't talked in a while. And I knew why we hadn't talked because he hadn't done what he said he was going to do. He was studying to get his real estate license. He was pursuing that. Yeah. He told me that he failed the test twice and was going to take it a third time. And when I asked well, why did you fail the first two times? Well, because I didn't study, you know, I didn't, I didn't, in essence, take it as seriously as I could. And I said, what are you allowing to distract you from pursuing your dream? I just kept pushing on that. What have you allowed to distract yourself from pursuing your dream? I know the answer has been, it's been friends, it's been partying, it's been hanging out, it's been everything else. And then there's this part of him that, because he's bright, he's smart, he's young, but he's smart. He figured, ah, I'll be good. I'm smart you, enough man. to, yeah. you know, finesse this. And I told him, I said, obviously you're not. I said, there's a difference between being bright and knowledgeable. Yeah. I said, you're a bright individual who's not knowledgeable enough in real estate to pass the test. And sometimes we treat those as synonyms. They no, they're not. They're different. They're, they are they're, they're, very they're, different. There's levels to this. There is, there is. And so he asked this question. He said, well, how do you manage your frustrations? I said, your frustrations or your failures? He said, well, both. In essence, the failures that I've had here recently have led to me being frustrated. And I said, well, I'm gonna use this example. You have to fail in order to succeed. I asked him to think about the most successful people in the world, the people that he con he considers to be successful. I said, do you think that those people experience failure? Absolutely. Do you think that they experienced a lot of failure? Well, I don't know about a lot. They're successful. I said, well, consider this. If failure is a part of the process and the journey to becoming successful, the most successful people 
inherently would have experienced the most failure. A lot of failure, yeah. They go together. So your successful icons experience a lot of failure. Therefore, you should expect to experience failure on your path. What you do along the way is learn how to deal with and respond to that failure. So although you might not know what September is going to look like for you, if you start putting in the work now, when September pops up and a challenge presents itself, you're going to be better prepared to handle that. And you are not thinking about it as a negative consequence is going to happen in September. You're just thinking about there's going to be an outcome, a result, a consequence from the work I'm putting in now that's going to show up down the road. We have to get away from that negative belief, right? Yeah. We have that propensity. Yeah. We have it programmed in, the, in us to think negatively about outcomes. Well, yeah, and you know what? I think we have a propensity to um, think of failure as a consequence. And um, Failure is not final. Failure is not final. Failure is not final. And like we spoke about on the, um, the live stream this week, um, failure is an op- opportunity to learn and grow mm. and be better. Mm-hmm. But so, we don't look at it that way. So I would love to hear your advice. This young man or one of your, your students comes to you who's experienced a lot of failures. And we may be talking to some of our audience members. They've experienced some failures, whether past or present. And they're wanting to know, how do you deal with the compounding failures in your life? What's your advice to them? Uh, my advice to them is... Um, in order to get to compounding success, you have to go through the compounding failure. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I say it to you this way, like um, back in the day, or not even back in the day, like right now, when you hear a person comes out with a music album, when, when a person comes out with a music album, they may release seven to 14 songs but in the process of releasing that seven to 14, they actually record probably close to a hundred. And that success of the failure of recording a song and it not making the album or the failure of just having to come up with the package and it not being accepted until you get to that final product. If you don't go through that process, that grind, that creation process, that, 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 that fire, if you will, you you never really actually get to um the 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 success and, and you know success is a thing when you win once you can win twice when you win twice you can win six times and that that's a compound for real but yeah. it, it's about fighting through the quote unquote consequence or the quote unquote failure and 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 making things happen if that makes sense it does it does um i think forward thinking the ability to forward think comes into play. I think that we live in the moment all too much because we are focused on self-preservation and going back to that, that the levels to success, there's levels to this. The entry level is that level. You're focused on self-preservation. So you're cautious in your moves and in your decisions because everything you feel like has a penalty 
a mm -hmm. consequence, a negative result associated with it, rather than thinking about every move I make is going to teach me to sharpen my tools and get better and better at it. So when the adversity hits me in the next level, the next phase of my development, I am better prepared for it. I use this example with my mentee. I asked him, he don't have kids. He's young. I said, think about this as you're, I told him, I said, you don't have any core values. I say, and that's your problem. You don't have any cardinal principles that you hold fast to. And I shared with him my fraternity's cardinal principles. And I said, when I was approaching the pledging process, I have relatives who are already Omega men. And when I told them I'm in college, I'm going to pledge. They told me, they asked me, have you done your research about the other organizations? Of course, my answer was no. My, my heart and, and focus is set on being an Omega. My cousin, never forget said, go do your research, go to their interest meetings, go talk to people who are a part of those organizations and then come back to me and hung up the phone on me. And I'm thinking, why would you, why would you, why would you tell me to go do my reply? Okay, so I did it. I went to those interest meetings. I talked to those other members. And when I called him back, he asked me, did you do it? I said, yes, I did it. He said, and what, what is your takeaway from it? I, I just, those weren't for me. Why weren't they for you? Because after talking with them, after learning about their organizations, and they have some, some pretty similar and, and good principles, what spoke to my spirit was the principles of Omega. And that, for me, is how life works. You as a person have to have your own cardinal principles, and you got to go do your research to increase your knowledge so that you can forward think. You can think about, all right, down the road, I'm going to be challenged. My cardinal principles and beliefs are going to be challenged. And if I know them very clearly, I can stand firm on them and I can make decisions based off of them. I said, you're frustrated from your failures because you are a man without a country. You have no cardinal principles to stand on mm. and therefore your decisions are not guided by anything. By those, yeah. So it gets frustrating. I said, but he said, so how does you develop cardinal principles if you don't pledge how do you develop it and i said to him i said think about it like this one day you're going to have a child imagine your child comes to you and asks you this question what kind of person should i be what kind of person should i be dad what kind of person should i be what's your response christian comes to you and asks you shane what kind of person should i be dad what are you going to say to him i'm going to say a good person take care of people, nice to others, treat other people with respect, and demand the same from others. And where do those principles, if you will, come from for you? Um, why do those, why those when you're talking to your child? I, I think because that's what life has taught me is like the the key to life is just being good and treating people correctly. I mean, I could say the Bible if I wanted to sound spiritual, but um, I don't know. I, I don't know how to answer that question. It's just, that's what I've been always taught and reared to be or how I've been taught and reared to be. Yeah. I mean, there's probably a combination of experiences or contributing factors that, that got you there. Right. Mm -hmm. But I shared that with him. I said, those are your cardinal principles. That's your core values right there. Your child is going to come to you in that moment or be looking at your actions, observing you, and they're wanting to know what kind of person should I be? And if you give them an answer to that question, they're immediately going to challenge you because that's what children do. You're going to tell them, be a good person, do this, do that. And they're going to say, well, why? You don't do that. Mommy doesn't do that. Mommy, You and mommy do this. You and mommy do this. 
I don't understand because they're naturally inquisitive. I say, but you right now in preparation of having children forward thinking have to be the person you want to exemplify when your child asks you that question. And I think that that same idea can be applied to people's lives in their pursuit of their dreams and their goals. You have to think about the cardinal principles you need to exemplify in your everyday walk now in preparation for the challenge, the question that you're going to get about your decisions and your actions down the road. Gotcha. 100%, bro. I want to see people forward think. I want to see people play chess, not checkers in life with pursuit of their goals. I want to see them be on the offensive a little bit more mm-hmm. rather than on the defensive that thinking did. about the negative consequences results and outcomes that could come from penalty free moves yeah so let's do this let's close this out i came across this quote i love it for the simple fact that it is simple and clear the quote says when your values are clear to you making the decision becomes easier When your values are clear to you, making a decision becomes easier. Yeah, because you're you're staying true to who you are and what you do and how you go about it, you move. Period. So for, for our audience, for people out there, think about it. If you find yourself struggling to make a decision, it's not because of all the options and potential consequences. It's because your values aren't clear to you. Mm hmm. You got to get your values and your vision. You got to make it so clear that you can see it and describe it with great detail to somebody else who doesn't see the world the way you do. Then your decisions will be much better. And you will be more proud of the decisions you make because you will be able to accept the consequences, outcomes, and results that come from your decisions. 100%. Make better decisions by clearing up your values. Listen, we appreciate y'all rocking with us always. Thank you for supporting the show. If you haven't already, go like, subscribe, share the show with three people. Offer us some feedback and comments on topics you want to hear. And hey, if you're listening to this show and you want to be a guest on the show, reach out to us. Or you know someone else who would be a good guest on the show, email us at purposeaddicts02 at gmail.com or find us on social media at purposeaddicts, at purposeaddicts on all the social media. Go live life on purpose. We out.
Go!